You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. How be it when he, what did he refer to him again? The spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth. Hallelujah. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. Remember Paul talking about the gospel in the book of Ephesians. Refer to the gospel as the word of truth. Hallelujah. The word of truth. Actually, even in First Thessalonians, he said, he called it, he said the word of truth. Hallelujah. So the word of truth. So the spirit of truth makes the word real to your spirit. Hallelujah. There are several Should I call it, it's called, maybe I say Monica's, Monica is a nickname, of the Holy Spirit, not Monica with a C-A, it's Monica Kerr with a E-K-E-R. One of it is the Holy Spirit is known as the angel of his presence. Hallelujah. You find that in Isaiah. This third chapter. What does he mean by the angel of his presence? He's the carrier of God's presence. Hallelujah. Now, um, because I've pastored for a while, I've seen some of the things that some Christians talk about, some Christians don't understand it. But they're Christians. They're born again. But they don't understand what some others are talking about. That means they've not had an experience of that truth. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? I remember the first camp meeting we had as a church, 2002. And so the power of God was so mighty. It was so mighty that it was scary. Some people were afraid of what God was doing. Because they never had that kind of experience before. Now in the midst of those manifestations of the spirit and power, a sister walked up to me and said, Why is God touching everybody? And he's not touching me. <laughs> Amen. I will never forget that. At that time I didn't even have an answer for her. She said, look at what's happening to everybody. Why is God not touching me? I can't say I'm experiencing what they're experiencing. I can look at them and I tell that they are having an experience. A real experience. A genuine experience. But why am I not having the experience? 
and she was so sad. I later got to find out that it is possible to be around the presence and yet not have the experience that others are having. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How God is visiting the person sitting right close to you. And then you don't even seem to know what is going on around you. I believe that would have been October. Nineteen ninety six. I was in a vehicle. And the Lord spoke to me. It was audible. And he said, you can make a difference in your generation if you want to. That's where we got making a difference from. You can make a difference in your generation if you want. And there were people sitting with me in the vehicle. It was full. It was a taxi. And... I was looking at all of them. I thought, because it shook me. I thought everybody heard it. But they were just like dead people. Just facing front, doing their thing. That even scared me more. <laughs> and I was looking at them. If anybody had noticed what I was doing, like, how could they be calm? And I found out that they didn't hear. Praise God. <laughs> They didn't even know anything was happening. But God was visiting me in their midst. Praise God. I've been in a house as a bachelor. And God walked into that house. And someone is sleeping there. And they didn't see nothing. Amen. And it shocked me. Now I found out something. In a service, I know there are times where God goes out of his way. Let me use that word. And spectacular things happen when people were not even expecting it. But I found out that there's something about the expectation in a man's heart, hallelujah, that attracts the presence of God. I found out about that. And there are sometimes they're very simple things. And it's important that those things be taught to believers. Now, you come for a service. There are many ways in which the presence of God penetrates your heart. One, is by your responses to what's happening in the service. Amen. That I know so much. Now, at other times, it's by if they're singing and you're singing. 
And you're putting your heart to what is happening at that moment. It is easier, hallelujah, for the presence to break through, let me use that word, into your, your heart. If not, you could be here and there's a strong presence. But you don't seem to even know about it. Hallelujah. It's normal to you. You're even wondering what's doing this person. What's wrong with this person? What's wrong with that person? No, nothing's wrong with them. You should be asking what's right with them because you are the one that something is wrong with. Amen. Am I communicating? So, let me say this to you. When the Bible says, they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. If you are Man is a spirit, he has a soul, lives in a body. If you are more conscious of your body, you only feel what appeals to the body. Amen. If you're more conscious about your emotions, you only feel something that is emotional. But when you decide to function from your spirit, then the things happening in the realm of spirit, your spirit will connect. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me give an instance. I said, let me give an instance. The Holy Ghost has given me three. <laughs> so I'll take two. The first one is that someone can come into a service and say, ah, the fan is not blowing here. I'm hot. And because you are hot, you're focused on your body. And words are coming. Atmosphere is coming. But you can't receive it. Are you understanding me? Because what you're concerned about, oh, or maybe you, you wore a kind of shoe, or you put a lady, you had a gele on your head, that is just inconveniencing. No, this way, this way, that way, that way, that way. Are you understanding me? Or your eyelash, are you understanding me? Or something, okay. Yeah, so you are trying to, you know, arrange it very well. As long as that is your focus at that moment, what happens is that your spirit is not paying attention. Amen. Some people don't know that for your spirit to pay attention, your mind and your body has to be still. You didn't hear me. Have you not read the scripture in Psalm where it said, Be still and know that I am God. The second instance that the Holy Ghost had dropped in my heart is when we used to go and pray on campus in the bush. And how you enter that bush. And it's inconveniencing. You're hearing noises. Sometimes the floor is wet or the grass there is wet. You know? And then you're thinking more about the place and you're praying and looking around, la la la, that's how you're praying. Now, as long as that's how you are praying, and you're still conscious of what's happening around, there'll be no flow. You know what I mean? Are you understanding me? But I found out something. In that same place that is distracting you, 
You now make up your mind and close your eyes. And that's why we close our eyes when we pray. The Bible didn't say we should close our eyes. Amen. We close our eyes to shut out distractions. Because most of the time when our eyes are open, our minds are still active. Because it's taking pictures. Your eyes are the camera to your soul. Amen. It takes pictures and it's always taking pictures and snapping pictures and always snapping pictures. And trying to interpret the picture. So your mind is still working because your eyes are open. And so sometimes we close our eyes. Some people have been trained that their eyes could be open as they still do what they want to do. But you shut your eyes. And the pictures that are left are the ones already captured. You are not capturing new pictures. Amen. Are we together? And some people close their eyes for the first five minutes they are still distracted. Ten minutes. It depends. Are you understanding me? Different people their minds busy. Now... In that place where we're praying, then you shut your eyes. And then you start praying. After a while, you are no more in a bush. You are now in the presence of God. Are you understanding me? You are no more in a bush. The consciousness of bush has left. That's the same thing that happens to you in service. You can be here and be saying, I'm sitting close to sister A. I'm sitting close to brother B. But you can now enter the presence and you are no more sitting close to brother A or brother B. You are in the presence of God. Amen. Am I communicating? And you have to learn that. You have to learn that. If not, you will come to church and go back and did not have any spiritual experience. You know, there are many experiences you can have in church. You can have an emotional experience in church. Someone could just walk up to you, you know, and just shake you and say, oh, oh, you're a good mother. You're a good mother. You see how that thing touched me? It's emotional. And you're happy you went home, but that's not a spiritual experience. Are you understanding me? Okay? You can also have a physical experience. Are you understanding me? You can have a physical experience. Someone can do something physical for you. Are we together? And you go home, you had an experience. But you see, anytime we come to church, we should seek for a spiritual experience. Are we together? Seek for a spiritual experience. Now, some people won't go for programs. You understand that? It could be a music concert and so on and so forth. And they're looking out for an emotional experience. But learn <laughs> to draw from the spirits. The Bible says, with joy shall we draw from the wells of salvation. So, you start learning that you come for a service and you take something spiritual out of the service. You know, you can even come to church and what you gained was that ah, you wanted to see brother so-so-and-so to show you the road to the place you want to go tomorrow. So, you met him and he showed you the place. It's an experience. But listen, the things that really change your life and transform you and help you grow spiritually are the spiritual experiences you have. Thank God for the, I call them the extras. The extras that we have. The extras. The extra outward experiences. There's that scripture in Second uh, Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 4, where it says, though our outward man perish, Yet, our inward man is renewed day by day. Amen. That means that don't stop having spiritual experiences. Amen. Are we together? Don't stop having spiritual experiences. 
So, what, what am I saying? You come to church. How you have spiritual experiences is by being here fully. Your body is here. Your mind should be here. The mind is like um, a, a doorway to your spirit. Hallelujah. Are we together? Yeah, it is. So, your mind has to be here. Now, read, if you read scriptures carefully, there's something I observed. When I was reading about Joseph the carpenter, the custodian of Jesus, or the guardian. Joseph the carpenter. And, you know, Joseph had um, an angel visit him. I hope you know that. Okay? And told him that he shouldn't throw Mary out. That whatever was happening to her was of God. Now, do you know that the scripture said, while he thought on these things, amen. That means his mind was on those things. Hallelujah. See, what your, your, the things your mind are on spiritually are very important. So you could be in a service and your mind is not on those things. And Satan's role, what he always does, is to occupy your mind with every other thing so that you won't have a spiritual experience when you come to a place where you can have a spiritual experience. I also tell people that are like church workers, you have a responsibility in church, don't get distracted, you know. Your work is not meant to be a detriment to your spiritual life. It's supposed to be a boost. Amen. Are we together? Yes, that's what it's supposed to be. So, your work, whatever you do, you must learn how to have a spiritual experience in that place, in that role, in that responsibility. So, sometimes a service is going on and then they're singing a song. If you, even if you don't know the song, attempting to sing along helps you, helps you connect. It's not God that's trying to connect to you. You are, see, um, uh, let me put it this way. Um, the Bible refers to what happened to us when we got born again. He said that God took out the heart of stone and gave us a heart of flesh. Alright? You know, our salvation is termed, is termed a circumcision of the heart. Hallelujah. So, what is the heart of stone and what is the heart of flesh? It says, a new heart will I give unto you. Why are you looking at me like that? Ezekiel 36. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Ezekiel 36. Let's look at it. Verse 26. Alright. A new heart also. That's what happened to you when you got born again. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away what? The stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. Now, these are figurative expressions he was using. What does it mean by a stony heart and a heart of flesh? A stony heart here is a heart, is like a heart that water cannot enter. Amen. Are we together? Water cannot penetrate. But the heart of flesh is a heart that can absorb the water of God's word. Amen. Are we together? Now, it means that you can be in the presence of God and you're not absorbing. Even if you have a heart of flesh, you're not absorbing because you're not allowing it to, to, to be soaked in the water. Now, how you get soaked is that as we're singing, you get in the song. Amen. As we're praying, you get in the prayer. 
you will leave your body. Amen. And what it is dictating to you. And tell it what you want it to do. Now, one of the signs of spiritual immaturity. Or let me put it better. Let me give you the sign of spiritual maturity. One of the signs of spiritual maturity is that even in the worst circumstance, you will draw something and go. That's the sign of spiritual maturity. Immaturity is that every little distraction, you won't get anything. Are you understanding me? So, you came to church. You understand that? What happened? Eh? The person beside me, his mouth was smelling. So, I was not hearing anything. I didn't get anything today. You are immature. Amen. Oh, this, you know, um, um, when I came to church, eh, there was a way one bulb was just flicking in the service. You understand that? It was just, I would be looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. Oh, I, didn't even, I can't even remember what they preached today. Are you with me? The sign of growth and spiritual maturity is that in the midst, no matter the distraction, you will carry something of the spirit will still live. You will go with it. Amen. You will go with something. I, I, how did I know that? I, I could learn that. I will learn that first of all, as I'm, let's suppose I'm talking to pastors or preachers or cell leaders or so. It's the same way in which, you know, as we're growing in our work with God, you go, there are different environments. You could be invited to speak to a group of people and everything is not the way you planned. Are you understanding me? Are we together? Okay, let's give an instance now. You are invited to speak to a cell group in church. And then you go to the cell meeting. The venue was supposed to be inside this hall. When you came, they say, oh, um, they are renovating the hall. So they can't meet here. Um, let's meet somewhere at the police station. He said, police station? Say yes, yes. Just the, pol- uh, the policeman said we should just use somewhere around this police station and we can meet there. And then you got there, expected an arranged place. The man just said, just stand in this corner now. Say, I didn't come to stand in cell meeting. You know. Then five people are standing. Start. You know, say, you look around, look around. You see where police are coughing somebody and passing. Are you understanding me? You understand that? You see where they are flogging somebody. You understand that? Then. Yes, um. But when you prayed at home, God gave you a word. Are you understanding me? If God didn't give you a word, it's a different thing. But now you are here. Maturity is how to bring out that word in that situation. Are you hearing me? How to still bring out that word in that situation that is contrary to everything that you imagined. That's maturity. Amen. So, I'm using leadership to explain. But let me come to being in a service. In the same way you come for a service. Irrespective, you can even come for a service. And the person you expected to take the praise and worship is not the person that took it. The person you expected to minister is not the person that's ministered. But you will carry substance and go. Amen. I've shared this with you. So, I give you uh, uh, the, the third thing that, that has come to my heart. Is that um, I, I, my parents are, are believers, so um, we've been around church the rest of our lives. And um, in my parents' church, then 
you know, you have people that love the Lord. But the challenge I used to have was that when I started receiving light from God's word about what God has done for me, what the word of God is, the scriptures, the New Testament, and so on and so forth, it was, it, it would take more to feed me than tell me a Bible story. Are you understanding me? Are we together? They just come and say, praise the Lord. You know, David was a good boy. You know? So every one of you should be good boys like David. Are you understanding me? <laughs> and church has closed. Are you understanding me? Where they are always just trying to get a moral lesson from scripture. Scripture has more than moral lesson. Amen. Are we together? So, sometimes I come for service as a teenager. And man, I now developed a habit of trying to finish one of the epistles in every service. Amen. So, I finished Colossians. I finished Ephesians in the service. Are you understanding me? You know, I finished uh, uh, Galatians. You know, that's where I even got to know. I call them the big 20. Amen. All right. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Glory to God. There are 20 chapters. So, I will try to read them. If today I read Galatians, tomorrow I read Ephesians, then tomorrow, you know, like that. So, like, I could be there and like, glory! <laughs> but it's the Ephesians I'm reading, you know. Are you understanding me? And man, I'm getting blessed. But God taught me something. You know. Because sometimes I'm in the service, there, you know, in the group of um, those that speak, what you might call elders, they are the ones that are, have a relationship with the Holy Ghost. So if they are ministering, you will be blessed. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? They have a relationship with the Holy Ghost. They are not just, you know, elder. You understand that? And that's why in this church, I don't still have elder. Because I had a bad impression of elder. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And I got to study and find out who an elder is. I found that it's not supposed to be about age. It's supposed to be about spiritual maturity. Amen. Glory to God. So, you have elder. He cannot cast out devil. He cannot get someone filled with the Holy Ghost. He cannot heal the sick. What is the eldering? <laughs> Let me not even get distracted. Now, what my focus is, is that. So, you're watching, and sometimes you don't even know who is speaking. Because they're all seated there. Then you now watch, they say, today speaking to us is elder this. And they're like, wow, thank God, today we're going to be blessed. Amen. And then one elder will come. And there's this particular elder. Anytime he shares, you'll be blessed. He, he, you know he prays. You know he studies the scripture. Well, there are others that they don't have any relationship with their Bible. I'm sure I will not be wrong to say that some of them is on that Sunday that they are preaching that they find their Bible. Amen. Amen. And it will show. Are you understanding me? People that don't read the Bible might not know. Amen. <laughs> but people that are in fellowship with the Holy Ghost will know. Am I communicating? Uh-huh. So, so one of those days, someone was coming up to minister. And I was like, oh God, I won't be blessed today. And the Spirit of God began to teach me something that changed how I went for meetings. Then I was still living with my parents. And he dropped in my heart that I should make specific demands on what I expect from the service. 
And I was studying my scriptures. There's a question that came up. I didn't have the answer for it. You know, like, um, what is this? That's why I prayed about it. I said, I want to get this answer today. So you will get it in the service. So when I came for the service and I saw who was to speak, I lost hope. No, it can't come. Yes, <laughs> anyway. Like, ah, uh-uh. ah. Then the man just started and talking the way he normally would talk and doing what he normally does. But I was just listening keenly. He must say that thing. The Holy Ghost will say that thing. Now, I didn't think of this now, but now I'm thinking of it that if God can use a donkey, amen, he will use you. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> he will use you today. And a man was talking, talking, talking. You know that kind of thing where his colleagues, some of them are sleeping. Which is normal. Until it's your own turn to come and do something. Amen. <laughs> then, he was just talking. Then he stopped. It was a question about prosperity. He just stopped. And said, and just answered. And said, prosperity, so, 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 so. And said what he said. Then he went back to what he was saying. Like, say, why did I even say that? He doesn't even know why he said it. And I said, glory. Amen. I wrote down what the Holy Ghost answered me. That's the first time I had the experience. Then he went back and continued. The thing he said had no relationship with his message. Then I did it again. Amen. Another time. And I did it again. And I found out that it works. Amen. That I can make a demand on what I want to draw. And it will come out. Amen. Are we together? And I learned that. Praise God. Now, why am I sharing this with you? Don't be the kind of believer that you came into church unhappy and you still went out unhappy. It has nothing to do with the service. It has everything to do with you. It's just like someone that enters a bar and people leave the bar drunk and you left. You are not drunk. It means that you didn't want to drink. Amen. Are you understanding me? But there are people that, as they're coming to the bar, the plan is, uh, you carry me home because you understand that. Um, you will drive. Are you understanding? You will drive. Are you understanding me? Or you will carry me home. Uh, are you understanding? That means they intend that as they're entering here. <laughs> you understand that there is a knockout. <laughs> Friday nights, you know, in most developed cities around the world, especially those that receive weekly allowances, we don't do more of weekly pay here in Nigeria. Those are weekly allowances in some foreign countries. You police will always be around that on Friday, like, like on Friday, they will just be somewhere because you have to take drunk people home. Are you understanding me? It's a normal practice. Are you understanding? It's a normal practice. So you just see people from work on Friday. Then they're going to the bar. They're calling somebody. They're pinging somebody. And then they get there together. You know, uh, and then the plan is, I must be drunk. Now, you should come to church. 
and plan to receive and to be impacted by the presence of God. It does not just happen. Are you understanding me? No, no, it's not going to happen. Now, if you always, uh, that kind of person, and if God wants to touch me today, he will t- God wants to touch you every day. Amen. The issue is, do you want to be touched? Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. So, don't come to church like, um, if God wants to do something, let him do something. No. He wants to. He wants to. So, is, is the, is the state of your heart, how you position your heart, that matters. The first time I heard a minister say this, I didn't fully understand it. But over the years, I've come to understand it better. The posture you take when you're even listening to God's word is part of the receiving. Amen. Are you understanding me? Did you hear me? Do you know there are some of you that when you're watching a movie, this is how you watch it. Or football. Are you understanding me? Uh-huh. Hey, hey. Uh, that means you are fully engaged. Then when you come to church, it's just that you are sitting down. In your heart, you are lying down. Then you are wondering why the thing is not affecting you the way the football is affecting you. It's the way you engaged it. You didn't hear me well, though. It's the way you engaged it. I was teaching some people one time, and I always say that. Your posture. So I say, oh, who told the posture? The devil knows that more than you. Satan knows that. You see all those artists that will take a picture. The woman will be like this. You think it's ordinary posture. It's demonic. They know what they are doing. Postures matter. In prayer, postures matter. Are you understanding me? Posture is expression of desire. So they matter. So you say, um, um, you are in the service. The way you are even seated in the service, it shows how your heart is for that service. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. All of that. In pidgin English, they say, oh, join. Amen. All of that is part of the, is part of the package. So, you, 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 you can draw from a service even more than you've ever done in any other service. How you're listening. How you're shading out distractions to focus on what you came for. The presence of God can be in a place and a born-again, tongue-talking believer did not sense it. Amen? Did not sense it. My, my friend is a minister of the gospel. Um, 2001. Sorry, 2000. 2000. He was pastoring a church and he invited a certain evangelist. <laughs> He invited a certain evangelist. My wife is laughing. <laughs> he invited a certain evangelist. Um, at that time, the evangelist was older than we were. We were young guys, you know. And this evangelist was much older than we were. In the area, he was known. He had like um, 
uh, a ministry, you know. So, when, I'm not talking about, I would not have invited him. So, I don't know why my friend invited him, but it was good he did, you know. So, I just saw that he invited him. Like, why did you invite him? He said, ah, no, he wants the guy to come and shake up the area because the guy is an evangelist. So, so, so. I said, okay, no problem. So, after the program, I didn't get to attend the meeting. So, after the program, I asked my friend, I said, how was the program? He just looked at me. I think the first time I asked him, he didn't answer me. The next time he said, you were asking a question, sit down. So, Because it was not something that he can tell me in passing. So he started telling me. He said, <laughs> the story is, is many-sided. So I'll just pick out what relates to what um, we're saying. It was a major meeting for him. He, he used, he was trying to do an outdoor, just like now we're here in church. We now decide to do a program in the, uh, on the parking lots. Are you understanding me? Arrange chairs there, put lights, you know, we want to attract the whole neighborhood, that kind of thing. That's what he was doing. And it was the first time he was doing it. He wanted to use it to make a statement. So when the evangelist came, he said, first of all, the guy came late. You know. And then, um, Things didn't go as planned. He was not happy about the program. You know, he said the one that even paid him the most. There's an, another older minister who, who, who happens to be related to my wife. <laughs> that they seem to be at rivalry with each other, you know. And that older minister had heard that he had started the church. And so that, it's that day that this program flopped that the older minister came to check what he was doing in his church. <laughs> He said it was at that point he was. <laughs> That's the one that brought tears to his eye. Now, why is it today? God, what did I do to you? Why is it today that that man came? Amen. <laughs> All right, that's by the way. Now, but the point was that the evangelists, the program didn't work out well. So, and he's an older minister. The minister is much older than we are. Maybe he's like 20 years or 25 years older than we are. So, when the program was, the man now said, um, he said he was just keeping his cool. So, I got the man to go. Then the, but the man said something, he couldn't keep his cool again. So, what did he say? The man said, you know, um, I don't know what happened in this program. But it's like, the presence of God today was not here. So he said, when the man said that, he said, evangelist, the presence was here before you came. <laughs> it's you that was not ready. <laughs> you were not ready for this program. And the elderly man said, it's true. <laughs> but that's a fact. Are you understanding me? He said, and even if we just say, they say, the, the prince was here, was here. And the prince that was here would have raised the dead. But sir, you are the one that was not ready. You did not come ready for this program. Yes, sir, yes, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. What am I saying? The presence of God can be in a place, but a believer is not 
drawing from it. Hallelujah. It's not receiving from it. Because his heart, or her heart as the case might be, is not engaging. Do you know there are some people you could even sit close to in church. They are presence blockers. <laughs> not that because they are physically blocking the presence. They will not allow your mind concentrate. Are you understanding me? They're people like that. And just because they're sitting close to you. And you discover that anytime they sit close to you, you don't hear anything. You don't receive anything. You don't get anything. My brother, change seats. You can always meet after the service. Are you understanding me? And you might even help the person better. You know, there's some people that are always trying to explain something. You understand that? Some of them even try to explain what the pastor is saying. The pastor just say, you know, the presence of God say, uh-huh. what did the pastor talk be say? And they're even talking more than the pastor. So by the time he's saying the second thing, you are not hearing. You are hearing. So you came to church and you heard his message. <laughs> there is a comedy skit I saw. You know, just the way that person is repeating the pastor's message is a comedy skit I saw where somebody was threatening another guy. And I said, I will just punch your head now. The guy standing beside him said, punch your head. <laughs> then he said, I will just slap you now. Say, slap you. <laughs> Everything he says, the other guy will echo. <laughs> so, that's how the person is behaving. Are you understanding me? And then at the end of the day, you don't even hear anything. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So what we're saying in essence is that you are responsible for what you get from the presence of God. I, I think it was Sister Winnie that was sharing it, it, a story with me. We was talking about prayer, something about prayer sometime, not too long ago. And then she was talking about how she needed to pray for something and she was tired. But she pulled herself up and still prayed. Now, what some people don't understand is this. Your body, this is your body. <laughs> if you give it the key to your destiny. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it will lock you out of destiny. Are you understanding me? You don't allow your body determine what you will do. Are you listening to me? You know, sometimes where you are in a church service, and that's what I tell, I tell some people, you're in a church service and they are wash, standing up to worship and you say, I don't feel like standing up. If you keep following, you don't feel like, you don't feel like, there are many things you will not feel like doing. Amen. Are you listening to me? Say, um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't feel like standing up. I don't feel like. Now, this is different from someone that maybe is not feeling well or you understand that or there's some kind of health challenge or something like that. Now, just feel it. And then over the while, you know what happens? You now get used to doing that. Praise God. So there are some people that come to church, they, don't, they, don't, they never lift their hand to worship. Let's lift our hands and worship. Oh, lift the hand now. God is the heart that God is looking at. It's not the heart. 
that God is looking at. What, what is he doing with my hand? <laughs> Over a while, you're not used to that act of yieldedness to God. Amen. Do you know lifting hands is a deep, deep spiritual experience? When someone lifts his hand toward heaven, do you know it's a deep experience? Hallelujah. It's part of our, our worship ritual. Amen. To lift hands toward heaven. Amen. It's in scripture. So there's some people, you know, I was teaching them in um, Norfolk Church. I think it was on Saturday morning. And I was teaching them about lifting their hands in worship. Because I'm helping them develop a deeper culture of worship. So you don't know how to lift your hands in worship. You don't know how to stand up. When everybody's standing up, you don't know how to sing along when others are singing along. Learn it. When you learn that, you'll be having deeper experiences anytime you come to church. Amen. That's just what will happen to you. That's what you will notice. Then you say, ah, every time this brother or this sister is coming out to give testimony, why, why are they always giving testimony? You will soon know why they're giving testimony. Amen. Because what's happening to them? Is deep. Amen. And then those same things start happening to you. Because you have started yielding yourself. You know, there are habits you can develop. Wrong habits. Where it's in church that you now check all your emails. Or it's in church that you respond to all the social media notifications that you get. You do it during the service. Now, those are habits that will deter you from engaging the presence of God. Hallelujah. Because, listen, spiritual things need attention. Say to me, spiritual things, they need attention. Yes, they do. They need attention. That's why some things don't open for you. You know? You see somebody praying in tongues. Why doesn't it happen in five seconds? It's depth of attention given to it. Sometimes to all, it's after one hour that your heart starts opening. It depends. There are different people. There are some people they've not prayed for a long time. They've not read their Bible for a long time. Then today now, they just told you that, hey, they have listed some people that they want to, uh, <laughs> is looking for. Are you understanding me? To lock in jail. You say, ah, they say it's like your name is on the list. Say, hey, my name will not be on the list though. Ah, hey, hey, I'm going to do an all night. You start praying. La, 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 la. You wonder after one hour. La la la, your throat is dry. You are hungry. There's no even leak of the presence of God. Why would there be? Because it's a long time you prayed last. Then you put in another one hour, two hours, three hours, even four hours. That's when it's not like, it's not you're starting. It's just like a car engine that has been parked in the compound. Amen. The battery is dead. Are you understanding me? So you, you just want to jump into the car, pick up, kick the car once and drive away. No, the car will say, Nalai. <laughs> it's just, lie. Just lie. Amen. You understand? The car will not agree. You understand? That's how your spirit is.
Because it has not been engaged for a long time. You are in church, you don't pray. You don't sing the song they are singing. You don't read the Bible. They say, everybody open your mouth and say, I am blessed. He said, that was a simple thing to say now. (laughs) And you didn't say it. Amen. See, one way that spiritual things help you and, uh, and affect you, you have to be like a child. Amen. You have to be like a child. If I call these children, all of them in church now, call them out, and say, okay, and start jumping, they will just start jumping with me. They will not ask, Pastor, can you, with the aid of a diagram, tell us exactly what we are jumping about? Are you understand? <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to ask me that question. They'll just start jumping, 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 jumping. They might be wondering, but they're jumping after they start enjoying it. The Bible says, when you come to the Father, come like a little child. That means that in your service as you participate, participate as a child. Don't be an adult in the presence of God. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Don't be an adult in the presence of God. Lift your hands. <laughs> you can't even lift the hand as if your hand is heavy. They say, let's worship the Lord. This is how you kept your hand. Are you a penguin? <laughs> Lift the hand. Let the hand go up. Amen. Practice it. Lift your hand toward heaven. Let me see. Lift it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You learn. You release yourself. Not, see, don't, God, you, so some people are trying to, you know, I use this language like as if they try to defraud God. It's when you have problem now. You come to church. They've never said lift hand. He said, brother, what happened? He said, God must answer me today. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you will lift your hands. It, something doesn't have to happen before you, you yield to him. Oh, so let's rise to our feet. You rise. Let's sing this song. You might not know the song, but you're looking at it on the projector, as the case might be, and you're trying to sing along. It means that you're putting your heart to it. That's when that presence starts melting your hearts. And when you have believers that their hearts has not been melted by the presence for a long time, they are the ones that start asking questions. Are you sure that they give me and receiving thing in work? Are you sure this hand that lay on our head is working? Only thing we are doing in church we need to question into what's happening to you. Your heart is getting hardened because you are not always yielding to the presence of God. So what happens? You start being full of doubts. Why someone else is catching new truths? He's getting deeper in this thing, saying, Wow, look at what the blood did for me. Wow, look at what this did for me. I was just there making confessions and this will happen. Why are they talking like that? Their hearts have been melted by the presence of God. Amen. Their conscience is still tender. Amen. Are we together? Because they're always yielding to what the Spirit of God wants them to do. 
We are some of you. The Holy Ghost has to tell you and hold his ear. How many times have I told you now? How many times have I told you now? Amen. Before you say, okay, let us see what we are going to do about it. <laughs> oh, I love what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, no matter what is going on around me, at the slightest nudge of the Spirit, I can abandon it. No matter how important it is, at the slightest nudge of the Spirit, I can let it go. Amen. And that's the way to live. Praise God. That's the way to live. You know, growing up, I used to watch a lot of television as a child. You know. So when I started learning to yield to the things of God, you know, in my teenage years, one of the things that I had to deal with, two things I had to do. One was television. The other was football. Amen. And I'm not just talking about watching football, playing. Because where we were living, we had a field. And we had um, lights, what do you call them? Halogen lights. So we could play the football up to 10 o'clock. And we'll have, we can play because it's bright like daytime. You understand that? So most of the time, our parents will come there. America. <laughs> Be going. <laughs> and, uh, it's not like we're in the same, it's an estate, you know, we're in the estate. So, you, you know, what kind of football is that? Because how is that? The match, the, we might start like four o'clock. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? We'll play, we'll change, this group will come play, then this group, are you understanding me? Like that, like that, like that. So maybe as you're playing, your dad will drive past. You run to the house. Are you understanding me? Go and greet. Then go upstairs, follow back, come out again, come back to the pitch. I understand him. They think you're in the house, but you're on the pitch. I understand him. <laughs> so it's when they need you for something. I understand him. Then you maybe you plant a sister or a brother in the house. Say if they call me, come. Oh, they call. They just come from the pitch. Do the thing quick, quick. Do the quick, quick, quick. Run back again. That's how. We're. But so I was so engrossed in those things. But let me just talk about television. Um, the one of television. When. I started learning how to say no to television. The first thing that, you know, some people say, oh, the the Holy Ghost told me for a period of time I didn't watch television. So maybe if I didn't know better in this church, we would not have been watching television. But it was a personal revelation. Amen. Are you understanding me? Uh So I was watching television until the hold TV had broke. Are you listening to me? You know what I mean? It broke. It broke. Then, I now learned how when I had a release to start watching television. And I'll be watching. And there's something I have to do. Even if scripture comes to my mind, let it be when they want to blast the man's head. I can stand up and go and do the thing I want to do. Everybody around me knows that. It doesn't matter where we are in the movie. You know why? Because that hold is broken. Am I communicating? Now, let me ask you. Are there things in your life right now that have so much control over you that you cannot leave it? 
for the word of God. You cannot leave it for prayer. You cannot even leave it for church. So, ah, today we, I don't think you just call yourself cell leader. Um, cell leader, I don't think I'll be able to make it for service today. Please tell Pastor Sandra. Say, why, why won't you be able to make it? Uh, there's something very important that is going on. Um, it will start by seven and end by eight. What is the thing? <laughs> uh, Sir leader, um, um, is the series that I've been following. It, this, the last one is on this. I want to know what will happen to Rodrigo. <laughs> See the name you even call it. Rodrigo. Hallelujah. Listen. Everybody say the Lordship of the Word. Say the Lordship of the Spirit. Now, when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, you know, with the process of sanctification, as it is called, is when you start learning how to be detached from the things of this world. Amen. That word of God, the lordship of the word over your heart, over your soul, is stronger than the influence of those things over you. Amen. I want to ask you, what is that strongest thing? You will find out that you will make advancement in your spiritual work when you learn to say, this thing that has a hold on me, I break out. Amen. Are you understanding me? Sometimes you might even fast and pray about it. Are we together? But the truth is that you now find out that that thing cannot stop you. I know some, for some people it's food. Are you understanding me? Food. Food. You say, hey, we're going to pray by all of us who are going to pray by 11 in our fellowship. They remind you 11, 11. Okay, the text has come. And then that was when you were cutting the plantain. He said, lie, lie, you. I must eat this plantain, you. <laughs> you understand that? They start cutting it very fast. You understand that? But it's already 11 o'clock. Cutting it fast. As, the, as though cutting it fast will change the thing. You're cutting it fast, cutting it fast, cutting it fast. You put it on the fire. You put it on the thing. You understand that? They stand there and be saying, la, 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 la. No. Big Brother is over, right? When Big Brother was on, some of you. You know? You know those kind of things? For someone that says Christmas, once it's Christmas, that something's calling them. Come to the village. Come to, come to the village. Come to the village. Come to the village. Come, 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 come to the village. <laughs> Pulling them. <laughs> yes, they, they will just say, Pastor, uh, this year, I want to focus on the Lord. I don't think I'll go to the village. Next time they call a pastor, I'm in the village. <laughs> <laughs> Are we together? Listen, listen, listen. Let me tell you something. You have to decide. One way you will know you've made advancement in spiritual is when those things, some of them are not sinful. No. Are, are you with me? Alright? It says all things are are lawful, but all things are not expedient. They might be lawful things, but you learn to break out from them. 
I, as I'm talking, I remember several other things. Oh, I have a group of friends. And I want to see them. I want to talk with them. Oh, how are you? Maybe went to the same secondary school. So, so, until I learned how to turn my back and face what God has told me to do. Amen. People that, I'm close to people that are around me. I, I won't have the time to do that for everybody. Are you understanding me? Oh, this one. Oh, that one. Oh, that one. Hey, hey, the, different people are cut out for different things. There are some people that are anointed for burials and weddings. I don't have that anointing. I'm anointed for three days of revelation and manifestation. Are you understanding me? They are people are anointed for that. Are you understanding me? Ah, no burial this week. Ah, your papa never died. Where's I going to do the burial? <laughs> Yes, no the, every week there's one friend's barrier they're going for. One day, are you understanding me? One barrier or wedding, one barrier or wedding. Someone even posted on Facebook, say Saturday is for is for wedding. It's a lie. <laughs> and before long, those things just suck spiritual substance out of your life. Amen. Are we together? They suck spiritual something out of your life. You just check that. Yes, you're empty. So you begin to sit down. Assess yourself. Look around. And see the things that, hey, this one needs to shut down. Amen. This one needs to shut down so I can face this. And don't just shut down something and there's no re- the spiritual replacement. Amen. That should be a spiritual replacement. You're shutting it down for a reason. There are some of you, the reason why you don't have a regular Bible study life is Facebook. Because you see that in the morning. Instead of going to decide where your Bible is, you open Facebook to just check something. Before long, time has gone. And you're not reading your Bible. And if you check, you've not read your Bible for weeks. You're wondering, um, Pastor, there's a miracle I'm expecting in this place. I don't know why it has not come. Read your Bible, it will come. Spend time praying, it will come. Praise God. Are you getting this? Alright, so those detachment, that spiritual maturity also. When you start learning to detach, some of them are friends. Oh, this uncle wants to see you. This uncle, I said, hey, see. I cannot meet up with all those things. Are you understanding me? No, I can't meet up with those things. If there's any contribution, tell me. I will send them money. I don't. I cannot go for all those things. I'm not running for chieftaincy title in my village. Are you understanding me? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Say, I receive understanding. So I receive light. Amen. Very important. So you draw spiritual substance. And even at home, wherever you are, you start giving attention to those things. That's why so, you, you have time to listen to messages. Amen. You have time to read your Bible. You have time to pray. A believer that doesn't have time for these things, how do you want to do it? How? How do you want to do it? I want to see everyone here grow in the name of Jesus. To grow up and be better than you were at the beginning of the year. Wiser than you were at the beginning of the year. Deeper in the things of God than you were at the beginning of the year. 
Tomorrow will be awesome. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Around the world, by the power of the Holy Spirit.